Hi there, and welcome to JK We Are Rolling, an actual play podcast about three young wizards who attend the most prestigious wizarding school in all of Germany. My name is Michael Moore, and I am not a master magician, but I am a magician master, the magician master of this show, in fact. And what that means is I plan a little bit of a story, a few characters, a few experiences, um, but it's meaningless. That's right. It is truly a desert wasteland uh, with no motivation without wonderful players to inhabit this place. And let's meet those players now. Hi, guys. It's me, Lucas Fischer, and I'm one of the motivators of this podcast. And I play Jasper Casper, who is a wizard from the <laughs> non-magical world, a human wizard. We know what Jasper wants. All he wants is try and find a place to belong. And what am I sure? I'm sure that we can help him. And we will. We will. We, we try our best. My name is Nadine Kuhn, and I play a pixie elf called Cecily Mary Nature Spring. Cecily goes to the magic school to figure out how to make her wings fly because she accidentally created herself some, but they don't fly. And where this goes, we will see. But on the way, she will help Jasper trying to find a way to belong. Oh, thank you. <laughs> and all Sassley wants to do is help Jasper find a place to belong. <laughs> Hello there, I'm Sebastian Kinder and I play Eric Miller, a musician, magician with a troubled past. His family forgot him. Well, maybe not his entire family. There is hope. And there's one person he kind of hoped that maybe he would forget him because threats are dangerous. But let's not think about that. <laughs> maybe at another point of time. Oh, Ruslan Kleiner never forgets. Ah, <laughs> oh, dang it. Well, good for me, but dang it. <laughs> but Sebastian, don't worry. Even if the hope is gone, all you can do is try and help Jasper. No, Eric is, Eric's purpose is trying to help Cecily to fly because she wants to help Jasper to find a place to belong. And then Jasper and Cecily forget him. Oh, no. <laughs> no one's helping Eric. That took helping a dark, twisted turn. I get it. Eric, I will help you, but not before I ask you a little question about yourself. And... Here's what I want to know, folks, because I, I think that the audience is, has been craving this information. I think, you know, they've been on the edge of their seat. It's episode 27, and our audience is like, how come we don't know when the Shieldless's birthdays are? <gasps> you know, I, they're, they're, they can't sleep at night. I'm getting messages on Instagram, and folks are just like... <laughs> Uh, I'm sorry, but I don't know when to write the characters and wish them a happy birthday. So uh, I'd like to go around and I'd like you to tell me when your birthday is. And I'd also like one favorite birthday gift that you've gotten in the past. You know, the problem is I started like presenting myself in this in this intro today. So I'm the first one to answer your question. Um, <laughs> don't tell the audience the formula. It's all improv. It's, it's all, all improv. improv. It's, it's, it's super, we're just, we're just really good at transitions. Well, let's just say, I mean, I'm probably going to, to, to create some questions, but I have to say like the, the birthday, like Jasper's birthday is assumed to be the 2nd of March. So this is a little birthday. Um, and his favorite present, oh, I have to think, you know, 
the thing with presents is you either get them from fan friends or from family but we are from fans <laughs> or from fans just, <laughs> it's okay if you're a fan it's, please send jasper there a was gift. no hint but if you feel like you want to give us presents uh, listeners feel free and if this one fan is going to send jasper a present i'm sure that it's going to be his favorite <laughs> um, no, but I think it was probably, it's a stupid one, but it's probably his very first comic book he got as a child because he, that was the, when he was entering like the world of literature or books when he was little, he didn't start it with like mm -hmm. big poems or Shakespeare in books, but he was like, oh, let's go for a comic book. It was the, <laughs> the third, the third episode of uh, Spider-Man. Oh, the third, like, original Spider-Man issue. Yes. And he got it from his uh, father, who, who kept wow. them in the box. What was the name of that issue? I mean, I'm sure you remember it being your favorite gift. Yeah, sure. Sure. <laughs> you, you little... this, the sound of the Google search results. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, it's, it's, um, it was like a, a Japanese uh, clone version. It wasn't the original because <laughs> oh. his father couldn't, you know, he didn't have the money to go for the originals. <laughs> So it was it was actually Spider Man with uh with a double D. <laughs> uh the famous Spider Man, yes. <laughs> yeah. And the third episode was uh like time to tidy up. Yeah, I think it was that one. Time, time to, to tidy, tidy up. up. Like Spider Man was wearing a little apron and oh, it was so cute. To this day you always call him Spider Man and you <laughs> you know and you know his his alias is um <laughs> Piper Park you? <laughs> what you mean, Piper Park you? Uh, Spitterman? <laughs> he has the strength of ten spitters. And his girlfriend is the DJ. I think we got everything out of that. I love that. Yes. Okay. Great. Let's move on. Let's move on. <laughs> so Sassy's birthday is uh, the second of August, and that's it. It's a nice. It's a nice day. It's in the summer. She is a lion. Like her sign is a lion, so you can you wait, can did, tell. Wait, did you say the second of August? So you were both born on the second of your respective birth months. Oh right. Ooh. Ah. So her sign is a lion, which you can tell because lions are strong willed but also very stubborn and hard to have discussions with. But um yeah, she <laughs> she was born in August. A very summer month. Summery oh. month. Summary month indeed. And what was Sassley's favorite birthday gift that she ever received? I would say the kite that her dad gave her, but they had to build it together. So it was actually something they built together. Her favorite gift was um, the book Elfenreich in Ancient Time from her grandpa. Yeah. Something very emotional because she's so interested in the ancient elves and how to fly. And that's the book that helped her creating her wings. So yeah, that's super cool. Yeah, you know, I had a book when I was growing up. This is real. This is a Michael fact. Um, I had a book when I was growing up that was just, it was, it was just called Dragons. And it was just like the history of dragons in different cultures. And I would read it back to front all the time. And I, uh, this is how I imagine uh, Sassley was with her, you know, Elfenreich in ancient times. And this book uh, in my mind is mostly theories and conjecture. Um, the Elven kingdoms existed thousands of years ago when it was theorized that elves might have had wings but there are some you know some artifacts some ruins that that people have found from this times and you know people have made a lot of conjecture what was you know what was this community like and it's just a it's just a cool thing to read you know 
Yeah, but she loves to read it, but there are also beautiful pictures in it. It's mostly about beautiful the Beautiful elves with beautiful <laughs> wings. She would sometimes just open it and just look through all the pictures and be like, these are beautiful, beautiful. Now that you've seen real ancient elfin, how how do the pictures in the book compare to the real thing? Because you've seen them now in your dreams. Well, they look pretty much alike, even though I think in person they are much prettier. Oh. So, Eric. Yeah. When's your birthday? What when's my birthday? The second off. <laughs> no, no, not the second off. It's the 26th of April, where he has his birthday. Starting with the two as well. If I got the sign right, that's Taurus? I truly don't know. I believe you. I believe myself as well. <laughs> His his favorite birthday gift is actually something that he got as he was very small, but that kind of grew with him as well. You know those wonderful uh, night-like globes that make patterns all around the room? Like with constellations or... Yeah. Yeah, okay. Like that. And as, of course, we are living in a magical household, later on it adapted to being like those constellations from stars and such, to something more personal, like showing music notes and patterns, dancing over the walls, yeah. where he would actually try to play along with them and get a little melody with them. Oh, that's really cool. I actually thought you would say um, something he got when he was small and it grew with him was Tilly the bird. I <laughs> <laughs> grew with him. <laughs> Favorite gift. <laughs> it came to my mind for a moment, but no. No, no, no. Close second. Close second. <laughs> no, that's excellent. I, I think that's a really cool idea. I, I, I love the idea that like the magic grows with you. As, as you got older... And who knows what you would see now if you went there, what you would see in the sky as you fell asleep. Speaking of falling asleep, that's something that the Shieldless did last episode. Smooth transition mm -hmm. work, y'all. <laughs> Congratulations. They had some very interesting dreams. There seems to be a lot going on in the dead of night around Neudrachenberg. And one thing that went on in the dead of night last night was our group took a trip to the kitchens. <laughs> Without any cake. Yeah. They were not successful in finding any kind of portal to a deeper layer of the castle, although one surely exists in a castle of this size. Um, but they didn't really find anything of interest. They didn't have much time to look, to be honest. Uh, they Just kind of a, a cursory look. Um, and they maybe very smartly decided not to enter too many strange doors in the castle. After all, who knows what might exist in any of these many entrances into the different parts of the job. You do. Only, only I do. Even I don't know. <laughs> I'm going to make y'all roll on a random <laughs> encounter table. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And as the group has now returned to the, shield, the newly renamed Shieldless Domain, they... Uh, have welcomed Mildred back into their room in the morning. And she noticed something strange in the room, something that's hard not to notice, a bronze altar standing off to the side of the room, <laughs> beautifully engraved where a, a mirror desk used to be. And that's where our heroes find themselves. 
I don't want to wait any longer to see how they're going to explain all this away. So, without much further ado, let's begin this next episode of JK We Are Rolling. Last time on JK We Are Rolling. After our discovery of a strange bronze altar magically hidden in our common room, we discussed the possible need to steal the foundation stone. This was too much for us in the moment, so we decided to go to sleep. Cecily read a letter from her grandfather, Jasper cuddled with Wilbur, and I looked at the postcard from my aunt Rose. But as soon as we slept, we were visited by strange dreams. Cecily found herself in an ancient elfin kingdom. These elves, led by Queen Hariasa, had only recently discovered that the newly arrived species called humans had access to magic. It was decided that the royal family would deal with the humans itself. Cecily found herself once more in Perta's place in the dream, noticing a familiar resemblance to the queen and another elf who spoke to her. But her dream ended suddenly as she came face to face with a dark, massive figure with glowing purple eyes. The person told her to leave the shieldless domain, stop investigating things on campus and focus on school before sending a final threat of shifting shadows and tearing claws. Jasper found himself being hurled once more through a dark and alien landscape before landing in a dark formless place. Hearing voices, he was almost able to separate himself from the darkness, but failed. His dreams shifted then, as he too was threatened by the person or creature that had confronted Cecily. He awoke just as a giant dark hand encircled his neck. I was having a perfectly lovely dream about a picnic, until it once more started to turn sour and violent and dark. But I found I had the power to wake myself up. I sensed the dark presence that haunted our room and began to follow it. But I lost the trail as soon as I left our room. We all awoke and decided to search the castle for any hint of a way deeper into the castle. Without enough time and information, however, we ended up empty-handed. Now Mildred has arrived in our room and wants an explanation for our new room decor. Hopefully this won't alter her opinion of us. So, there you three are. You are standing in your common room. Eric has opened the door for Mildred to enter, and she took one step inside. She kind of apologized very quickly to Sassley about the whole incident with her father showing up and being not quite prepared for parent visiting day. But... Just as y'all were about to explain <laughs> a little bit about what's been happening recently, she couldn't help but notice this giant bronze altar off to the side of the room where the desk used to be and said, what the heck is that? Morning, <laughs> so, Mildo. Yes, it's morning. <laughs> <laughs> We've just redecorated the room. Do you like it? It's now the shieldless. What was it again? Uh, Mildred quickly turns around and, and shuts the door behind her. <laughs> She's like, just king. Okay, okay. Look, I, I know that we didn't get to touch base here for a couple days, but um, is there anything that you want to tell me? And now I'm going to, <laughs> I'm going to ask you at this point, is there anything that you do not want to tell Mildred 
You did not really get the chance to talk to her since before you were interrogated by Agent Carter and Councilwoman Karangar. So how do we feel about not telling her about the Urbaum? I don't know. Do we tell her that we snuck into that tree and... Well, it's it's kind of connected to how we managed to open the altar. Kind of. So I don't see a reason why we shouldn't tell her. But is it? I just said move the luft. <laughs> well, like we got one of the stones for the altar out of the tree. We, we didn't put it in yet, didn't we? Uh, we, we just we, we still have it. We still have it, but it fits there. We can ask her. We can be like, what do you think fits in there? And what would it do? <laughs> and then when she says something, she's like, I don't know. It's, you have to put something like something like this. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, perfect. So, okay, we are telling her about the Urbaum thing. Okay, so you are, you're going to tell her, but first you're going to play with her emotions. <laughs> Sounds like par for the course for the shieldless. Um, I think... As I can say, one of the few things that I won't tell her is the threat Uber life that I got. No worries, Cecily will tell her. Oh, great! <laughs> <laughs> but guys, guys, do we want to tell her about the dreams and like this shadow magic that we felt or that? I mean, let's do is That makes it a whole episode and then... <laughs> <laughs> well, tune in next time to find out what happens after they tell Mildred everything no, okay so it sounds like you pretty much tell her everything uh what I want to ask very specifically um Eric are you gonna tell her about the letter from your aunt while he's thinking I don't want to tell her about the incident where I was in the dormitory only with my underwear she doesn't need to know that. She was there. <laughs> she was there. No. <laughs> <laughs> nice try. Nice try. She's seen you in your underwear. Oh, we actually met her in between. Hmm. You did meet her in between. You just didn't get the chance to tell her anything because Ross Ehrenmann was there. Uh, Fredly Nature Spring was there. I think I won't tell her about the letter that I got from my grandpa. Okay. But not because I don't want to, just because it she just wouldn't, wouldn't think about it. Yeah, yeah, she yeah. wouldn't. That's like, she wouldn't think about it. The only information really revealed in that is that, you know, your, your grandfather m might also have access to some of the same powers that you have access to. Uh -huh. also Go on, Michael. He, he, he could also do magic. He said so in the letter. <laughs> She's like, ha, I, I, got him to, I got him to trip up. He, the, the, the magician master he said something on accident. No, it was in the My letter. grandpa can do hop and drop. It's like jumping really high. <laughs> uh, he, he revealed that he was able to do a kind of ritual and was able to see into the... He thinks he was able to some kind of vision that was connected to the future. Oh my gosh, right. I need to find the two other creatures, the two other people that were next the to me. Yeah. The guy with the ukulele and... The guy with the ukulele and... the tall, lanky guy. And the tall, lanky guy. That is my mission. <laughs> Does anyone play the ukulele here? <laughs> anyone? <laughs> Mildred's like... <laughs> but hop and schwab sounds more like a drinking game for your grandfather. <laughs> oh, no, another hop and schwab. <laughs> That's the hop and schnapps. <laughs> Hops and schnapps. Hops and schnapps. <laughs> okay, let's continue with this episode. <laughs> Eric, do you tell her about the letter? I, I think I'll do, uh, given that we had a pretty lengthy conversation about that. At the one time, I was charmed, but still... Okay, perfect. So it's pretty early in the in the morning. Like you have a little more time than you usually do before your next class would begin. So you actually have some time to catch Mildred up on your very eventful past like 
three days. <laughs> been really crazy. One of those days you didn't even sleep because of the time shift in the Urbaum. You like completely passed through the night and it was immediately the next morning. So uh, it's been a really wild ride and you kind of get and her eyes just get bigger and bigger and bigger. I, I don't even know if she immediately, because in my mind, you're all like stumbling one over another. Like, and then we went to the Urbaum and there was a, and there was a creature inside. And, but uh, I found Wilbur and I said his name and he came. And, um, <laughs> and then I got the letter from my, and it's that you all do like one on top of another. So she's just trying to keep up with all the information that you're giving her. And she's like, okay, yes, I understand. Hold on. Repeat that again. It had a what? It had bugs as eyes. What do you, they had French accents. Why? Does that make sense? Okay, so like she's just going through everything with you. Now, Meldo, now, now you tell us what did you do the last <laughs> few days and don't leave anything out. She's like, now, first of all, you understand I have a job here, right? Like I work here, I'm employed. <laughs> okay, go on. Explain it. Um, <laughs> Mildred takes a moment to kind of process everything and she walks over to the the kind of big comfy chair that's closer to the fireplace and sits down in it and is like okay okay yes this is uh great good job everyone nice work thank you uh gold star let's just take this kind of piece by piece all right first of all i think it would be smart for me to move the locking enchantment of the yellow touchstones back onto your door because you have a giant bronze altar with the shape of uh, even i know that is definitely the foundation stone foundation stone <laughs> so we're, i think it would be very smart to make sure that random people can't just walk in here uh so i will do that before my next class and make sure that gets done. Um, that means only I will be able to enter with my mug or Jasper, you have the yellow touchstone to enter your room. Hold on, hold on. That means we always have to be together to enter? No, you always have to be with me. <laughs> yeah, you always have to have the yellow touchstone to enter. If you want to come back by yourself, make sure you have the yellow touchstone. I want to have the yellow. Give it to me. I want to have the yellow touchstone. It's, it's I want to have it. We have to, we have to use it responsibly. Okay. Guys, <laughs> calm down. <laughs> we, we can manage that. I'm pretty sure about that. Yeah, weren't you guys like stuck together for like a whole week where you couldn't be further than like several yards apart? <laughs> yeah. Thanks for reminding. <laughs> I love to remind you of this. <laughs> My right shoulder still hurts. Okay. So, well, let me start by telling you a bit about what I have been up to. Uh, because I think we can unpack a lot of this together. Uh, I see very clearly here, this seems to be something we need to further investigate. This, this altar here. And you need three things to put in it, and uh, something will happen. Um, but it seems to be something to do with the material realm. Like, this is for allies of the material realm. Uh, you've made this connection with, with the Red Mage. You went to the Urbaum. There was no shadow magic. Based on what you told me, this seems to be something that's specifically for allies of the material realm. And the only people that I trust that our allies are the people in this room. Oh, she means us. 
Mildo, no, I feel like flattered. Guys, come on. That's, yeah, that's, you, go can, on you can trust anyway. us. Go on you can, anyway. you can trust okay. Yeah, so, let's be real here. So I think it's worth it to try to collect these materials, but uh, it's not going to be easy. We can't steal the foundation stone. <laughs> no, how about we borrow? We can't steal it. Oh, let's go. Okay, I agree. I, oh, I'm going to say... We have to get it, but we have to be careful about when and how. I don't want to disrupt the defenses around Neutrachenberg. I don't want to steal this thing willy-nilly. I want to be careful about how we, how we plan this out. So let's start with what we know. Now, you showed her the seed, yes? Yes. Yeah, we did. Okay, now what's great is that you, you three took the initiative and we already have one of the materials we need. Holda's Blessing, you said it was called. Maybe I'll do some research about Holda or what that is. Here's what I have been researching these past days. And now, and she tells you about how she was um, interrogated by the councilwoman and Agent Carter. Carter. They asked her some questions very similar to what they ask you. She did very well in answering. She didn't manage to cause any suspicion. The only suspicious thing was that her car was not on the grounds it was missing so they couldn't inspect it to see if there was something weird if she was somehow involved you guys are pretty sure mildred had nothing to do with this at this point she's like all in helping you try to figure this out so she's not guilty but it makes her look a little guilty she had noticed you know when when yazerva was on campus you guys had a lot of questions about how come we don't go to ross Ehrenmann? you know what how how come we can't involve him and you had to be careful. You didn't want to get Yazerdva in trouble, but also, you know, he's he's been acting a little strange. He seems to be working very closely with this councilwoman, and, and ha after having been questioned, Mildred took it upon herself to start looking into Ross Aronman himself. Now, he's, he's the one that I thought you would have the least access to to investigate yourselves. I know that he can be hard to uh, get a hold of, so I thought that I would do that. So while you spent the whole night uh, in this weird time thing in the Urbaum, that was the night that I kind of tried to tail Ross Ehrenmann himself, and I did that uh, last night as well. So I've been trying to keep an eye on him. I don't think it's likely, well, I didn't think it was likely that he was involved at all. He's, he's, he's been here for years. He's a pretty straight shooter. He would have no reason to try to destroy the defenses of Neudrachenberg that I can tell, and he's always been a fierce defender of this castle, to the point where sometimes I think it's a little too much sometimes, which is another reason why I am hesitant to get him involved. But as I have been spying, for lack of a better word, on him, there's something strange. I don't catch him going to his rooms at night. Now, he has a room close to where his office is. It's on the same level of the castle. And he never seems to leave his office. And even late at night, I, I feel that he's, he's still in there. I, I, I never saw him leave. And as I look closer at him, when I pass him, and, you know, when, we, when I see him during the days, I, I don't think if you knew him for less time, you would notice because he's always kind of immaculate. You know, he always looks perfect. Uh, never a hair out of place, but I think he looks tired. I think he's not really sleeping. And now that you've told me about these strange dreams that you're getting at night, I wonder if it's somehow connected. 
It also means a nighttime trip into his room to steal the Foundation Stone is a bad idea. We do not want to do that. I think it would be better to try to distract him during the day and do it that way. I think he's more likely to be out of his office during normal hours. So there's that idea. I think I got it. I think Ross Ehrman is possessed. I think he's possessed and someone came through the foundation stone into his mind and that person went through Ross Ehrman to our dreams to distract us. Seriously? Hmm? I think we should keep listening. Yeah, go on. It's not a bad theory. Thank you, Mojo. How great do you think my theory is? <laughs> How accurate do you think it is? <laughs> Eric, you were, you were gonna say something, Eric, I think. Aha! <laughs> uh-huh. I knew it. It's the same like with the furniture. I can feel it. I can feel it. Did you get Nutella again? No, actually, do you have some? No, we don't. Okay, okay, so... <laughs> We know what the Foundation Stone is. We know that this imprint in the altar is the Foundation Stone. We know that the other imprint is Holda's Blessing, the Seed. The one that we have the least information about is the Crystal. About that, I was wondering, can you not just give us the Crystal Barrel Point? You know, your teacher. Just, you know, sneak us some points in and then... It doesn't work like that. I got it. (laughs) From what I know, from what I even... Now, I might be old, but I'm not old enough to have been uh, alive when the Crystal Bearer ceremony worked. But from what I know, everything about how the Crystal Bearer points works leads up to a ritual. And based on what you've told me now about what the creature in the tree said, it seems very likely that we need to do everything correctly so that you really have earned the Crystal Bearer title. Uh, I want to be very careful about doing this in the appropriate way. Because in the case that this is actually going to work for some reason now... We're going to be powerful. Okay. Okay, Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, but let's talk about the crystal. I think before we decide how and when to do anything about the Foundation Stone, we need to know where the crystal is and how we can get that. So that we can plan maybe to to get both items at the same time and unlock this really quickly. Because I think if any of these things are missing from where they're supposed to be for a long time, uh, that's going to raise a big alarm in the castle. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Sounds like a secret mission. You don't want us to talk with anyone. Another secret mission. These were the most secret two weeks of my whole life. That's been sad. How do you feel about (laughs) being a little more secret and she takes out from her robe the blue touchstone with the imprint of the Einheit Seren on it that she's been holding on to since you gave it to her you know back at the very beginning of your first week when she honestly wasn't sure how much she could trust you three she thought she could but she wasn't sure and uh, you immediately uh, proved her right to not trust her by breaking into her room But after everything that you've been through together and after the way that you protected her during the interrogation, you've built definitely some trust back. Look, I've realized that I'm limited in what I can do during the day. You know, nobody is being closer watched than the 
teachers right now. We are the most obvious suspects. And with the agents of Monarch looking after me, I just can't move around freely. But you three, your students, you actually have, in some ways, free reign to be in certain parts of the castle that would be strange for me to be at without a good reason. For example? Like, where, where, where do you think would be a good place for us to just walk around and, you know, be a little more secretive? Oh, I think you're smart enough to know that, Sassily, without me explaining it. So... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> right, right, right. The Magician Master won't make it that easy for us. <laughs> <laughs> From what Yazadva told us... There's some kind of power source that's controlling the Foundation Stone, that powers the Foundation Stone, a really big one. And either the Foundation Stone or this power source has the matching touchstone in it. You need to find this. I have a strong feeling it's this crystal that we're talking about. So, one of you should hold on to this touchstone. And... I think since Sassley, since you're up in her face about it. Yeah, Sassley's <laughs> already reaching out with her hand under her nose. <laughs> Remember, if the stone vibrates for you, the other stone nearby also vibrates. So if someone is carrying the third stone on them in the castle, uh, they will immediately know that there's another one close by. Okay. Okay. Sounds, sounds reasonable. All right. Now, I do have one question for you. You know, back on day one, hey, remember day one, uh, I asked you to kind of keep an eye out for anybody that you thought was suspicious to investigate, you know, the other students and teachers. And then Yazadva told us that there's no way this was a student because they wouldn't have the power necessary. So it's probably a teacher. What are your feelings about the other teachers? I mean, is there anybody that you suspect? I really hope it's not Fulivre. He's too kind. I think it's most likely him. Why? I find him very annoying. <laughs> He's nice. I find him a lot. He's so into the other world. I don't know if that's a good reason to suspect someone. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess you haven't gotten to meet every teacher yet. Right. Very personally so there's this one teacher that i also found he's suspicious he bumped into us in the library and i don't trust him he's always trying to be cool oh he's he's like the the shield teacher of uh of um wolf shield what's the name of the guy oh the wolf shield patron yeah georg arkanal he's the newest he just started here last year it's his second year so i don't know if this is that kind of situation but i mean he's definitely definitely somebody to look at and uh i mean it's lucky that we're talking about this i think you have his class today oh we do what a coincidence oh no yeah maybe you can try to talk to him a bit i mean i've spent some time with him over the past year um i don't agree with his teaching method to be every student's best friend but uh you know this is a new teacher kind of thing that that happens sometimes you you, you don't know where to draw the line. I never thought it was that weird, but maybe you can use this to your advantage. I'm just thinking, do you think uh, Brock Carter and his friends are pretty much always on our neck somehow? Mm. Do you think it might be that he motivated them even more? 
about that? I mean, he already had suspicions about us. I don't know. It's an interesting theory. Hmm. I just think Brock Carter is annoying. And I think that's, that's just in him. I don't think someone can put him there. That's also highly likely. Mm-hmm. And having spoken to his father now, I kind of can see where it comes from. Right, Melo? That's why I think you and I connect a lot. Because we feel the same about them, right? I mean, come on. Brock Carter and that Agent Carter guy, they're not nice people. We don't like them. No one likes them. Do they have friends? What, how did they get married? You wonder. <laughs> I, I didn't wonder. Now I wonder. <laughs> but I, the thing is, my dad also married my mom, and she can also be a dragon a lot. <laughs> Who would get adults? Anyways. I, I think you, you start to get them as soon as you're an adult as well. Oh, you think you have to be mean to someone to get married? Oh. That is an interesting point. I don't think that that's how this works. I never want to get married. I think that is stupid. Anyways, here's the thing. I was thinking about Star New Song, this teacher woman. Yeah. She wrote a book. Yes, she did. Yeah, I mean, if you want my opinion about Star New Song, yes. she's... Uh, is she a lovely? She's nice, but she uh, is very focused on her own accomplishments. She's a little fame-seeking, in my opinion. Like, you know, publishing a book, trying to, you know, her pictures on the back cover. Uh, you know, she wants to get her name out there. She's a little her-focused. I think she's kind of a lot, in my opinion. You know, Miss Mulberry, in our world, in the non-magical world, we would call her an influencer. A what? <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What does she influence? I don't know. It's just how we, the term that you use. But but didn't we befriend her son? Oh. How do we think about her son? Is she that suspicious? No, she isn't. Newton. She's just... Newton. Newton. I actually didn't care that much about him. I think he's just harmless. He doesn't do anything. He is probably smart. So is Star. I would say that Star News Song is one of the more intelligent faculty members here, but she hides it under this uh, charming exterior that she uses to, you know, put herself out into the world. Hmm. And what about Peggy? Peggy Sheffin? Oh, Peggy. I like Peggy. Oh, Peggy's cool. I, Peggy hasn't trusted me very much since uh, this incident, uh, you know, seven years ago. You know the one. Yeah. Where I got suspended <laughs> because of a thing with a student. Mm-hmm. She's a very hardcore Ross Ehrenmann supporter, and uh, she's never let me get too close to her since then. Hmm. Well, if you want, we can try to, you know, fix it between you and the chef. I wonder if she's like a really loyal person. She's also very good with animals. People who are good with animals are probably very loyal and very hurt when something happens that they didn't expect. I don't know about that. I read that. She certainly seems like a bit of a straight shooter. Well, from the time we've been around with Bumper as well, mm. I don't, I, I don't expect her to be into all of that. I'd be surprised. Because then she would probably knew that she was actually helping us in order to get, you know, further with our exploration. Yeah, that that wouldn't make much sense. If she's in on it, then Bumper's also in on it. Those two are tight. (gasps) (laughs) Yeah, they they are. They really are. Ah, that's why he's over me. I get it. Oh, if there would only be a way to gain Bumper's trust more. Guys, I'm out. I'm really out. No, you're in. You're pretty much in. I guess I I could start working on a potion to make Bumper into a human temporarily. <gasps> <laughs> really? It actually scares me a lot. 
<laughs> Seems like a, a long, drawn-out process that I'd probably save to reveal uh, the <laughs> results of until, uh, uh, you know, appropriate story moment. <laughs> <laughs> okay, do you think, Meldo, let's talk here. Yes. Do you think... Let's talk. We should just look into the teachers more? Do you think we should just, you know, follow them around? That's a good place to start. I mean... You have Georg Arkanal's class today and Star New Song's class tomorrow, and then it's the weekend. So why not uh, dig a little deeper there? All right. I think in order to bond a little with Georg Arkanal, I would need sunglasses. <laughs> what? You, you just... Sunglasses. Oh, sunglasses. <laughs> yes. Okay. Um, uh... <laughs> Okay. I don't want him to see where I look. I just want to sit in his class. Mildred Mildred leaves the room. Uh, hold on one second. And comes back with a pair of like granny sunglasses that she uses when she does gardening. <laughs> <laughs> and they have little rhinestones set like in these kind of thick round, uh, you know, round oversized things. I mean, if you think it helps. Yes. I think then I can just watch him better and he won't see it. <laughs> well, but isn't it a bit suspicious to be the only one wearing sunglasses, like, at the middle of the day inside of a room? That's also oh, a yes. fair point. Yes. Oh, I get it. I, I get it. Meldo, do you have two more for my, for no. my friends here? No, 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 I didn't sign up for that. No, I think Cecily is no. right. I Mildred think right. produces, then, hmm, uh, <laughs> hold on, hold on. I mean, you're right, Eric. I can't be the only one. That's suspicious. <laughs> I totally understand, Cecily. <laughs> okay. Uh, everybody roll a d4. <laughs> I rolled a three. I mean, I guess I have these. And Eric, uh, she passes you a pair of pink clear sunglasses. <laughs> these are like the least ridiculous ones that she has, oh. actually. Lucky roll. <laughs> Yes! The pink clear ones. But but hey, they're pink and they match perfectly with my green hair. Ooh, like <laughs> nice. kind of neon. Nice. Ooh. You know pink. Is this year's green? I rolled a two. <laughs> uh, a t okay, she hands you over a pair of cheetah print glasses. Not subtle at all. Like very bright pink cheetah print glasses. Is everything pink she owns? Oh, they're animal themed. I love it. It's an animal themed. Why would why why wouldn't you like it? It looks super. But what, what do I do with the rhinestones one? Are they for for Jasper? What'd you roll, Jasper? A one or a four? A four. Jasper, you. No, why get, are you grinning? You. I was hoping the so the rhinestone glasses were would have been a one if anybody had rolled a one. Actually, I just remembered. I'm gonna garden later, and she puts these away, and she says, <laughs> "But Jasper, you can wear these. My favorite pair." And she hands you a pair, and they have like prints on them of flamingos around a, like you know like a palm tree and then a flamingo standing in front of it like t t t like the, they're they're printed all over the uh the rims of the glasses mm -hmm. and this makes me very happy because it means you're all you all have pink sunglasses <laughs> oh they look fancy thank you Mildred. oh you know i have a thing for flamingos thank you for mentioning this eric that makes it better now now we are safe you're welcome Yes, you are. <laughs> <laughs> okay, look, you guys got to get off to class. 
honestly, I think you've never looked better. And then she puts on her rhinestone sunglasses and she's like, hands in, shieldless. Oh, yeah. Okay, putting on the glasses. I'm in as well. Heck yeah. Jasper, has, Jasper can't wear his normal glasses with the, the sunglasses, so he has to get rid of them. And so he's quite blind in this episode. <laughs> So he's like searching for the hands. To, to... It's like the moment where Eric reaches for his hand and places it on the yeah, other. Yeah, Jasper, follow the boys, follow the boys. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <sighs> she goes, uh, all right, what's, oh, we should have like a cool cheer. What's a cool cheer that we can do? Uh, on three, we'll say... Sunbum. Sunburn? Maybe. <laughs> oh, we say sunbum. Sun, sunbum. How about MacGuffin? Isn't that our secret word that we use for the secret thing? Oh, let's stop Which... pretending like we were ever good at talking in code. <laughs> okay, ready? Can, can we do? I'm sorry. I just want to take everyone in consideration. And I, my dad told me so. No one should talk over me. So I think we should do MacGuffin Sunbum. <laughs> okay. MacGuffin Sunbun. Bum. Sunbun? Bum. bum. A bit like, from Jasper and just from me. I just okay. said bum. Bum. Okay. 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 McGuffin sun middle. bum on three. Here we yes. go. Okay. All right. Everybody, ready? <laughs> okay. Here we go. One, two, three. McGuffin, McGuffin sun, sun bum. Yeah. <laughs> wow. We nailed it. I've never felt cooler. I feel young again. <laughs> How are you doing, fellow college kids? <laughs> All right, you guys, uh, good luck for class today. Uh, go team, beat them up, have fun. Don't literally beat anyone up. All right, see you guys later. See ya. Bye. Bye, Meldo. I'm confused. Do we have to beat someone up or, or can we not? <laughs> it's. I think we'll see in the matter of the class the last time we had dueling, so... <laughs> yes. But if we beat him up, we better collect something from him, like a tooth. Yes, that is correct. And I punch him on my plus one. All right, yes. off to the class. Come on, guys, put yeah. on your glasses. It's time. And Jasper, follow our voices. Follow our voices. And he's like walking like a mummy with his hands in front of him. <laughs> so you begin to walk towards Georg Arkanol's classroom, which is on the same level as Mildred's classroom. It's, it's one level up. But... You don't make it all the way there. As you get to the entrance hall, you see Georg Arkanal is collecting students at the entrance to the castle. And now they're all coming from the quarters of the different shields. So they're walking into the castle and he's stopping them. And you three pass the entrance to go to his class and he waves you over. And uh, he says, Ooh, hey, everybody. Hey, um, everybody come this way. Uh, hey, buddies, like giving high fives around, you know, to every shield. It's not just wolf shield. You know, it's high five to, to random horse shield guys coming over, chuck a guy on the shoulder. All right. Um, so we're going to be doing a class out of the classroom again. You know, nobody likes classrooms. They're boring. Come on, everybody. Walk with me. And uh, he begins to walk you outside of the castle. Uh, towards the river. <laughs> Amelia Place. As you're walking out towards the river, you do see a Peggy Sheffin jogging over to you. She does not have Bumper with her. It looks like she's returning to the stables, uh, to like she was just grabbing something. But she just says, hey, shieldless, shieldless. 
uh, and she kind of pulls you aside for a second, and the rest of the students are trailing past, so you have a little bit of time. And she says, hey, 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 uh, real quick, I just wanted to say, Bumper told me everything. He said, uh, you hung out under this big tree where time gets weird, uh, and when you got out, it was way too late, so you headed straight to your room. So, no worries, I get it, you know, it's weird, but in the future, uh, no trips into the woods without, uh, supervision, okay? I, I guess you didn't hear that part of the opening day ceremony because you were all so late, but I gotta say, you know, Bumper, and she leans in, Bumper's been on edge since your little adventure. <laughs> uh, but he calmed down when he saw you across the Grand Hall yesterday at the feast, but we were, we were busy helping some other students, so... He didn't say hey, but I'll let him know that uh, I talked to you, and I think that'll give him a good feeling. <laughs> give him a high five. I learned that that's what you do here. That's what that teacher does, and I find it suspicious. <laughs> Peggy Shepard rolls rolls her eyes visibly at Gear Mm-hmm. Okay, I will see you three later. And she jogs Bye, back off around to where the stables are. So we aren't allowed to go into the woods? <laughs> Not technically without supervision. <laughs> well, the Albert Riches were pretty mean. But we got it, and it was fun. Right, Jasper? It was fun. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so, Eric, roll investigation with advantage. Ooh, that's a good one. Okay. I'm just glad I don't have to do it. <laughs> you are all walking towards the river, and... Georg Arkanal has begun walking you downstream the river. This is the direction that the Urbaum is, but he keeps walking past the Urbaum, just keeps going, and he's walking you towards this part of the river where it gets really wide. So you see that the river is slowly widening. But uh, in the meantime, uh, what did you roll? The advantage was pretty good. It really was. Okay. What was the first roll? A one. <laughs> Ooh. Ah! Oh, that was your first natural one ever! Yes. Oh, I was kinda, kinda like, I, one, heck! Uh, the second one saved me, that's a 19. Well, I mean, you didn't need a super high roll for this. You are getting some nervous side eye from one Leela Kleiner. <laughs> she is looking over at you, uh, and you realize you didn't talk to her since her dad spoke to you. <laughs> and and uh, Tylo Brand um, kind of moseys up to you, and he's like, "Hey, um, hey, uh, I'm I'm supposed to uh, supposed to hand this over to you. Uh, hope you guys are doing good today." And uh, he slips a piece of paper into <laughs> your hand. Okay. <laughs> he he very carefully takes it. Thank you very much. Like you know, like trying to open it without anyone really noticing that you open it, like looking down. Like. Sassly and Jasper roll investigation without advantage. <laughs> 10. 10? Oh no, nine. Sorry, I have minus one. I, I just say it's because of the sunglasses, but I rolled a one. <laughs> uh, okay, <laughs> neither of you notice, neither of you see that Eric has received a little message. And Sassy says to Jasper, I think we're well covered. I think nothing is going to slip now. We will see everything. <laughs> and then Jasper slowly turns to the voice of Cecily where Cecily's coming from. And he's like, I think we are outside. <laughs> these, these sunglasses are really helping us with this investigation. <laughs> 
Okay, so uh, Eric, yeah. the the message says, "Hi, smiley face. How is everything?" Question mark. Okay. Question mark. And then like a smiley with a uh, with, with a straight mouth. BTW, comma, nice glasses. <laughs> and you, <laughs> and you see, Leela. Looking with the side eye. <laughs> <laughs> I need a moment. <laughs> I, can't. I want this to be visualized. <laughs> she's she's pretty nervous. You can see you can see she's pretty nervous with a nineteen. I mean, you you're like okay. She does not know what her dad's like said to you yesterday. Yeah, the one dad was fine. The other one was neck breaker. Ah, well, but given <laughs> given the fact that Leela suspects her parents to say something like they actually did, I mean, maybe there were some other boyfriends in the past. The first thing, I mean, you know, she's a cutie. Um, the the first thing that Ruslan said to you was like, you know, this kind of Leela's really special. Um, she can go through kind of hard times. Like sometimes she can have a, a little like attitude flip. And he needs like really careful, caring people uh, around her. And then he said the "and if you hurt her, I'll kill you" line. Yeah, <laughs> I remember, especially <laughs> the last line. Well, the first part was you know kind of a friendship thing, and the second one was like, if you're going to date my daughter, uh, then I'm going to become this dad. You know. <laughs> I know. I know. A preemptive warning. Preemptive warning. You have writing utensils with you because you didn't know that you were going to be outside of the classroom, so you can write back a message if you want. Tylo is still kind of uh, walking next to you guys. <laughs> He's like looking uh, specifically at at Jasper's glasses. Oh, these are incredible <laughs> thank you and then jasper wants to give him a high five but he misses everything <laughs> you absolutely miss you you did not get his high five at all okay i think i, I i'm going to write something as well okay yeah, yeah. taking writing utensil it's like i need something to write on jasper is walking very slowly so like <laughs> eric is walking <laughs> to his back and like please hold still for a second yeah puts the paper on yep. his back Starts to write. And then Sassley appears behind you and she's like, Why are you writing, Eric? <laughs> None of your business in the moment. <laughs> okay. So what do you what do you write to write what do you write back to Lilo? So uh first of all I'm hi with a smiley face as well. Uh-huh. A strong start. A strong nice. start. Strong opening. It is a good start. It is Isn't a good start. <laughs> Everything's fine. A winking smiley. Winky smiley. Yes, winky smiley, yeah. Yesterday, things just started to point, point, point. Get very chaotic. Takes a short look towards Cecily in his back and uh, <laughs> back to the paper. Got a letter from family member. Hit me pretty deep. Mm. Okay. And are you saying anything about the dads? <laughs> Your dads are... He needs to... He looks up for a moment. I need to find a word. And Cecily also looks up. <laughs> She's like, I wonder what he's doing. <laughs> she puts the sunglasses down on the bridge of her nose and looks up. And Jasper is like, 
Are you drawing a lizard? <laughs> yes, yes, Jasper, that's a lizard. Oh, I'm good at this. <laughs> you just need to add wings. I want to make a dragon out of it. Do another animal. I like it. <laughs> Your dads are really nice. <laughs> oh, he's dropping the nice bomb. Ooh. Great, great. <laughs> yes, yes. A, a happy euphemism. <laughs> Behind that, another smiley face, just a regular one. And then, by the way, thank you for the compliment of these glasses. <laughs> BTW, thanks for the compliment. <laughs> and then you, you draw two little sunglasses on there. Yeah. Like, not two sunglasses, one, one pair of sunglasses. Fold it back and like... Okay, you hand it back to Tylo and he's like, absolutely, man, okay. <laughs> And because uh, Tyler, he's not really invested in this. <laughs> okay. And Tyler walks back and you see him hand it to Leela, uh, who's walking along and she opens it and she reads it and she's, mm -hmm. oh, she gives you a look like, you know, a knowing look from across the thing with a nod because uh, you mentioned the thing with your family. And she's like, mm -hmm. she gives you the, the, are you okay hand? It's thumbs up. Thumbs up back in response. Thumbs up back in response. Okay. Are you okay? Thumbs up. Continues to read. Dads are really nice. Isn't <laughs> 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 the nod? <laughs> yes, yes. Okay. And you have now reached your destination with Georg Arkanal, and you successfully uh, have traversed your first kind of uh, message back and forth with Leela. <laughs> well done. Okay. So. <laughs> So you reach this point where the river is really wide. And here's what you see. At the wide section of the river, you see seven large inflatable boats. They are shaped like a unicorn, a swan, a sea turtle, a griffin, a dragon, a narwhal, and a tiny steamboat. Think of... um almost like these big inflatable things like you would do in a pool, but a little more solid. And you can see inside that all of them have what appear to be gun turrets on top of them. Uh, all of them have four kind of water guns sticking out in different directions, except for the dragon, which only has two. And they have some sort of tubing encircled by um, clear circles where like a motor would be for a small motorboat, and there's a steering wheel. Downstream, you see a series of poles sticking out of the water with clear rings also encircling them and runes etched into the sides. Georg Arkanal holds his hands up high. Everybody quiet, everybody quiet. So, potency. Magic that is drawn from the material realm and molded to manipulate matter by transforming it moving it, or releasing it in a pure form. Potency-based magic is relatively safer to use than deafness magic if we all practice careful and controlled use. This means drilling spells over and over again until your finesse and control are second nature without thought. A Zauberschlag can be used to do much more than pummel an enemy with enough control. You can do many wondrous things. Your potential is limitless when you train diligently and hone your focus. So we'll be working on drilling, 
your most basic skills until I am satisfied with their execution. And everybody in the class seems very nonplussed, like just like dead stares, like, yep, this is what you expected, drilling basic spells. And then he looks at you all and gets a big grin, but not today. Today we play Floaty Bodie Dump Comp, and the class cheers. Yay! What now? Floaty Bodie Dump Comp. I was looking forward to the drilling. He's so suspicious. <laughs> he continues. This will test your precision and power for your basic potency potential because these boats are powered by an extended salvage log courtesy of these spell lengtheners. And he points to the tubes in the boats where you basically insert your wand and based on a pure potency roll, they will power the boats Ooh. as if they were the motor. The first to reach the golden egg downriver will be awarded a crystal bearer point, and the first two teams will get to come by my office and receive a special rare item only given by yours truly. Pick your boats wisely and go. So you can see down downriver about 450 feet or more. Way downriver, there's a large gold-painted egg hanging from a long extended branch in the middle of the river. So this is probably magically extended, like super long uh, to the middle of the river. So you want to be the first to get this big gold egg. Mm -hmm. um, this is like past where you saw these poles sticking out of the river, which is even further, about two-thirds of the way down the river. Uh, now, I will tell you that the boats have different special abilities based on which one you choose uh, that have to do with what they look like. And they're in a specific order. We are in one boat, I, I assume, right? Yes, you, you three are in one boat. So each of these are for different teams. So there will be basically two wolf shield teams, two horse shield teams, two bear shield teams, and there's one for you. Awesome. <laughs> Guys, do you have preferences? Yes, I have. Yeah, of course you have. You Me do. Too. <laughs> okay, the other, the other teams also want specific boats, so it'll be a race to see if you can get the boat that you want. You can guess that the unicorn and narwhal boat have something to do with the horns on them. You can assume that uh, the griffin and swan boats have something to do with these little wings that come out from them. The sea turtle and the steamboat seem the sturdiest. And the dragon only has two guns on it for some reason. So I think just in general, Sasley would run for either the dragon because it looks super powerful, mm -hmm. or to the turtle mm -hmm. because she, you know, she has she has a thing for turtles and she thinks they're super cute. And her turtle Bertha, that she had like years ago, um, was very fast in the water. So these were the two that she would choose. But I don't know what you guys are thinking. I think Jasper would be like the steamboat or the sea turtle. Funny, funny that uh, Michael described them as having maybe some familiar characteristics. Yeah, they look the most solid. They look the sturdiest. So uh, what is Eric thinking? Maybe we have a tendency. Eric was thinking about uh, either the narwhal or the dragon. Okay, so right now you have sea turtle and dragon tied. Right. Um, so... <laughs> Here's here, here's what I'll do. Yeah, one looks like it's the most offensively powerful and one looks like it's the most defensively powerful. So here's what I'll do. I know which groups want those other ones. I have that in my notes down here. 
Um, so let's do two rolls, and we'll see if you if you beat both of them, then I'll let you guys pick. And if you only beat one of them, then that will decide which boat you get. So first, you go against the t the other team that wants the dragon. Let's see if you can beat them. Somebody give me a running roll. If anybody's good with running, you can roll for the group. Oh, Cecily. Cecily. That's Brynus. I have plus one to Brynus. And your running was Brockhara. Eleven. Definitely. You see Brock Carter and Wolf Shield <laughs> sprint for the dragon. They want the dragon really badly, but you absolutely beat them, even though yes. Brock Carter has a super high spryness, but he rolled really <laughs> bad. I'm like, you cannot beat those piggy feet. You can't. So Sassley jets towards the dragon and has secured it. If you want the dragon, you can have it. Now, uh, somebody else goes for the turtle. You see a group of horse shielders running for the turtle led by a half giant. He's taking these big boom, boom, boom. <laughs> okay. Uh, so who wants to roll for that run? Yeah, and Jasper is like, he wants to turn to Eric, but he turns away from him. You better do it. You see better than me. <laughs> okay. Okay. I'll try. Brynus, that's 15. 15 is good. If you 15 okay, good. well, you, you beat the pants off him. Uh, he has an even higher Brynus, <laughs> but I rolled like absolutely. I rolled a three. <laughs> so Eric sprints towards the turtle and is sitting in the turtle. So you guys are the first to the dragon and the turtle, and you can pick which one you want. Uh, you can just do rock, paper, scissors, or whatever you want. I really don't mind. I actually know that Sassley and Eric both wanted the dragon, so <laughs> you could also, Eric could just leave the turtle and go <laughs> to the dragon if he wants. I feel like we don't have a feud with uh, Horse Shield, but we have a feud with Brokata. So oh, true. The dragon. Oh, yeah. 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 Come on. So, so here's what happens. Like, you see Brock, Carter, and Lucia, and Mallory booking it for the, like, they're pointing, they're booking it towards the dragon, and Sassley gets there first, and she's like, ah! And then you see that Jasper is torn between which way to go. Eric makes it to the sea turtle, sees Horse Shield get there, and they look actually pretty nice. They're like, aww. And Eric just goes, you can have it. Oh, <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and Jasper and Eric very proudly, without breaking eye contact, step into the dragon as as you stare <laughs> down Wolf Shield. Yeah, I would say that Jasper wouldn't do it that smoothly. He's always like getting down the glasses to see where he's stepping, but then still trying to look cool towards Brock. And he's like... <laughs> <laughs> so Wolf Shield... Uh, Originally, I was going to have them not be close to you, but now that you've taken the dragon and they really <laughs> wanted it, they get in the one right next to you, which is the narwhal. We'll settle this on the river. <laughs> Jasper, that is the wrong boat. We are on the dragon. <laughs> so here's how the, the dragon works. Uh, some of these would have been secret hidden abilities that you would have had to activate, but with the dragon, it'll be very obvious right away. So I'll just tell you. When you are in the boats, uh, you can see inside there's these swiveling water guns. The dragon only has two guns. On your turn, you can take one of three actions. You can choose to steer the boat. I'm not going to tell you which stat it is, but you'll roll a d20, and it's going to be based on one of your stats uh, to steer, and the better you roll, the better you do. Uh, if you don't steer at all, you will lose 1d8 times 10 of feet movement. You can also 
decide to power the motor or you can decide to shoot the guns. On a regular turn, you'll move 40 feet forward where you've done this normally, uh, where you've steered and powered the boat normally. Uh, you can do a little better. You can do a little worse based on how you roll. You can decide to ram another boat on your turn, and that will give you 20 feet of movement instead of 40, but each boat only has four constitution. So you can try to take out another boat as well. And you're looking at the horn on this narwhal next to you that the wolf shield is in and going, I bet that horn's really good at ramming things. Yeah, probably. But that's basically it. As you get into the dragon, you notice it just has two guns on Instead of four on the corners, just two on the sides. So this boat gets minus three to shooting. But every time you hit somebody, it's a brutal hit. The guns are twice as powerful as any other gun. <laughs> yes. And a brutal hit means four constitutions, right? So there's six other groups out there with you, and they're going to battle it out. You only really have to worry about beating it out, the two on either side of you. So what's on either side of the dragon is a griffin and a narwhal. Uh, in the narwhal is wolf shield. And in the griffin uh, is another, that's so funny, is another wolf shield group. But they seem super friendly and they're like, guys, all we have to do is focus on teamwork and supporting each other. And we're going to make it. Yeah. <laughs> Team wolf shield. <laughs> and they all hug each other and they're jumping up and down. This is going to be great. I love this griffin. Let's call him Griffy. <laughs> I already feel sorry for them. <laughs> they seem awesome. On the other side of you, you have the other wolf shield, and they're like already arguing about who's going to do what job. I want to work the guns. No, Lucian, you're going to go. Oh, do I have to steer? <laughs> yes, you're going to steer. You know that Mallory's going to do the best job with the motor. Oh my god, I always have to do the grunt work. And she already has her like uh, <laughs> her uh, wand in the motor. So uh, everybody is getting lined up. <laughs> and it looks like everybody's ready to go. And you look over to one side of you. You've got Wolf Shield and the Narwhal. A gleaming horn on front. And Brock Carter looks at you and he says, he just mouths it, you're going down. <laughs> you look over to the other side of you. A really happy group of wolf shit looks at you and they say, Good luck! Good luck to you too. <laughs> and you look forward and off to the side you hear Georg Arkanaw go, Alright, to the winner goes the spoils. On your marks. Get set! And a, which you saw once before in the duel, firework bursts forth <laughs> from his wand. <laughs> Yeah! And everybody rushes to their positions. And to see what happens next, tune in next time for another episode of JK We Rolling. Oh no! Magician Master is Michael Moore. Sassily Mary Nature Spring is Nadine Kuhn. 
Jasper Casper is Lucas Fisher. Eric Miller is Sebastian Kinder. Theme song by Aaron Richard, with additional music by Ethan Anderson. Cover art by Pascal Junet. Another day, another magical inflatable boat battle. Am I right, folks? Hopefully our heroes can sail to victory before they're decked by Wolfshield. As always, thank you for listening, and hey, thank you to everyone who rated us five stars on Spotify's new ranking system. I saw we got quite a few ratings, and that makes my heart sing. Really, it's no joke. If you want to give us a review and haven't yet, please feel free to do so. You can rate us on the Spotify app or leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, Podchaser, heck, even Facebook. There's some links in our podcast description about that. Don't be shy. We appreciate it so much. Make sure you're following us on Instagram for the latest and greatest news from us, or follow us on Facebook. Or follow us on Twitter if you want some very seldomly posted updates and opinions. You can financially and soulfully support us at Patreon. This is the magic place that allows us to keep making these episodes, pay off our hosting fees, pay for new music and other material, so thank you all so much. And we have a new patron today! Huzzah! Eric! Uh, would you like to come over here and, and talk to everybody about our new patron? Apparently, she is a very famous former student at Neudrachenberg. Oh, yes, yes, she is. She is, for very good reason, a quite uh, a way to, can't wait. To, to leave an impression. <clears throat> so, um, her name is Lorian Aradanis. Uh, she was a horse shield inventor who created a time machine. It was, what? Yes, 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 it was deemed too powerful though, so she only used it once. To go back to 1963 and whisper to Michaelis Ferrero's ear that he needed to make a delicious hazelnut spread. Because there weren't any hazelnut spreads that were delicious enough. And that is how Nutella was created thanks to this renowned Neudrachenberg Castle student. What? That is the best use of a time machine I have ever heard of. If you're gonna go back and do one thing, create Nutella. Yeah, I'm sure that. I mean, yeah, mm. uh, I, I, I'm sure that you'll have to tell Sassley so that she can send a handwritten thank you note to that uh, student who is living, uh, hopefully, a, a fabulous life somewhere in the world right now. But but now I can't help to wonder what would have happened if he, if she didn't travel back to time to create Nutella because as a. I, I need to think about it probably. I, I, I need a bit of space. Uh, excuse you me. Take, you take the time you need. I, I respect that That's and I understand you. I'm sure. Well, thanks so much for joining us, uh, Lorian Arandanis. We appreciate it so much. And uh, that's it for today, folks. So, until next time, remember to keep your head braid sharp and your wand at the ready. Let's begin this next episode of JK We Are Rolling. Nadine, should we try to should we try to move the altar now? And <laughs> <laughs> uh, and I would say with move the luft, but that comes later. <laughs> it worked once, so Okay, here we go. Five, six, seven, eight. Sorry.